0: May God speak to you through today's message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. You know, and all this time I thought he really thought my messages were fantastic. <laughs> I mean, what's up with that? <laughs> well, good morning. My name is Mike McGowan. I'm the pastor here at Parkway Fellowship, and I'm glad you came today because today we're continuing our message series of It's Not About Me, and today we're talking about pride and humility because Pride is the one thing that has the potential to wreck it all. And the only solution to pride, the only solution, is humility. I remember the time when God taught me the most incredible lesson about humility that I've ever experienced. It happened on the day that God told me to start Parkway Fellowship. Now, I tell that story about how God told me to start this church in our newcomer's luncheon. Um, But right after he told me to start this church, I asked God if he would bless this church and he would use it to change lives. And it was then that God prompted me to read a passage in the Bible from 1 Kings chapters 10 and 11. It was a story that I hadn't read in a long time, so I I opened my Bible there, and I read about how King Solomon, the wisest man in the whole world, was led astray by his own pride. That through his own arrogance, he thought that he was above the rules, that the rules didn't apply to him, and the resulting effects on his life were absolutely devastating. He drifted from God, His sons were a mess, and he was the last king to lead a united Israel because after him, the kingdom became fractured. And all of it happened because of his pride. And as I read that story, I was stunned because even though he was so incredibly wise, his wisdom did not prevent him from being overcome by his own pride. Because everything that happened to him didn't happen from a, for a lack of wisdom. It happened because of a lack of humility. And it was then that the Lord spoke to me. He said, Mike, there is no limit to what I will do through this church as long as you remain humble. The only thing that will stop me from blessing Parkway Fellowship is your own arrogance. And ever since that day, I have sought to cultivate humility as much as I can deep in my heart. It it is always before my mind. We talk about it all the time as a staff. Because we understand, and I am keenly aware, that pride is the one thing that can wreck it all. You know, and that's not just true for me. That's true for all of us in our lives. Because pride can, has the potential to wreck everything. Pride wrecks, our, wrecks marriages. Because ultimately, it's pride that leads to an affair, because it's pride that says, you know what, I'm willing to look outside my marriage to get what I want. It's also pride uh, that wrecks marriages because it's pride that says, you know what, I no longer care about my spouse's needs, and, I don't, and pride's what keeps us from meeting our spouse's needs and from taking into account you know, their heart and their attitude and their position in life because the truth is, we're just so focused on us and it's pride that wrecks careers. Because it's pride that prevents us from going to other people for advice about what to do or how to handle that client. And in the end, it catches up with us. Because in the end, we end up making some really big mistake that costs us everything, and nobody will come to help us because we've alienated every single one of them. And it's pride that wrecks our kids. Because it's pride that causes us to talk condescendingly to them. To talk down to them. To talk harshly to them. I promise you, I've seen this, I don't know how many times. As soon as those kids get enough freedom, they take it. And the truth is, they take it because we have been pushing them away with our pride for years. But if we can find a way to keep our pride at bay, and if we can find a way to cultivate humility, then we can avoid so many of these issues. And this morning, I want us to look at two verses that give us some great insight on how to avoid pride, on how to avoid this one thing that has the potential to wreck it all. So go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't done so already. And and let's ask the question, how do I avoid pride and embrace humility? Here's your first fill in. number one: be convinced that I have farther to go, not that I've arrived. Be convinced that I have farther to go, not that I have arrived. Proverbs chapter three verse seven says this: "Do not be wise in your own eyes. Now, ironically this verse was written by King Solomon, who we have said is the wisest man who ever lived. However, he eventually grew so arrogant that although he wrote these words, he didn't follow them because he didn't think they really applied to him. He, he did consider himself wise in his own eyes. And as a result, it kept him from finding any fulfillment or happiness in marriage. It wrecked his kingdom, and it absolutely wrecked his kids. Now, you might have noticed that today is the first day to sign up for small groups for the spring semester, okay? Like that big fat catalog in your are like, that's a dead giveaway, right? So, since it's small group sign up day, let me talk for a few moments about how small group can be used by God to become so instrumental in combating pride. You know, for most small groups, the first night you meet is the night where, you know, you do introductions and, you, you know, kind of get to know each other, you know, that kind of thing. And honestly, I'm always amazed because at small group, the people that, you know, look like they have it all together, a lot of times, they're the ones whose lives are just falling apart on the inside. You know what I take away from that? That we are all on the same road and that we haven't arrived yet none of us have arrived yet we all have farther to go because I'm telling you the Lord uses other people in my small group to challenge me to, grow, to play, grow in places where the truth is I haven't arrived and honestly I think the Lord sometimes places those people in my small group because he knows what I need to hear about what's going on in their lives you know because sometimes I think, you know, I, this is awful to admit, but sometimes I think, you know what, I, I, I I, I've got it pretty much together. Like, I, I'm doing pretty good, things in my life are going good, I'm good. And I promise you, it is about that time that somebody else in my small group talks about this incredible thing that God has shown them, and that what he's doing in their life, and how they are willing to totally adjust their lives to fit what God is asking them to do. And it's in that moment at small group, I'm sitting there, and I think, oh, I don't have it near together as I thought I did. Oh, I got some room to grow. I got some room to grow as a husband. Oh, I could be a better parent. I could be a better Christ follower. Because it's what God's doing in them that challenges me. And God uses small group to challenge me like that. But look, that kind of thing only happens if you actually go to small group. Like it doesn't happen if you don't go or if you don't share and then you don't hear what God is doing in other people's lives and how they're depending on the Lord to get through it. Because if you don't go and you don't hear all that and you're not exposed to all that, you think, you know what? You are in danger of insulating yourself just enough to think, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I'm a pretty good husband. I'm a pretty good wife. You know, pretty good parent. My career's good too. I'm good. But God says, do not... Do not be wise in your own eyes. Don't view yourself like that. In fact, don't fool yourself so much that you think that you don't need other people. Because look, you're still on the road. Don't think that you don't need other people. Because God would say to you, he would say, If you think you don't need a small group, he would say, (laughs) he would say, you have made so little progress down the road that you don't know that you need other people to help you get down the road. So don't fool yourself into thinking that. So let me ask you. and And here's the deal. Be honest with yourself. Be honest. Do you think you have it all together? Do you think you're doing pretty good? Or are you keenly aware that there's some places in your life that you need to make adjustments and that God wants you to grow? Because look, I mean, either way, God will use small group to help you. Because look, here's the deal. If you think you've got it all together, then the truth is you need some exposure to some other people who are farther down the road than you to help challenge you. And if you know you don't have it all together and you want to get it all together, then you need other people in small group To help you show you the way. Because chances are they've been through it before. Either way, all of that happens in small group. Now here's the deal. Looking at this verse, in order to grow in wisdom, you have to realize that you have farther to travel to become wise. I mean, that's the point of this verse. Now... You know what that means, don't you? It means that the road to humility, I mean, sorry, the road to wisdom is paved with humility. The road to wisdom is paved with humility. There is no other way to become wise. Because in order to become wise, you must also become humble. God says to us the second thing. Number two is this. Here it is. I need to take, ch- take changes seriously enough to involve others. I need to take changes seriously enough to involve others. Proverbs 3 seven. the second half of the verse says this. It says, do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and shun evil. Circle the word shun. We're going to talk about that here in just a second. Now, this second half of the verse really has two parts. The first part says that we're supposed to, you know, fear the Lord. Now, that doesn't really have to be hard to understand. It doesn't mean that you and I are supposed to be scared of God. But it does mean that I should take God more seriously. Why? Well, because he's God. Okay? And I'm not fearful, And scared of him because I know he loves me. But I need to take following him seriously. That's what it's getting at. Now, the second part of that verse, the part that I had you circle where it says to shun evil, that word shun, it literally means turn aside. You might want to write that somewhere above that word, right? Turn aside. It's the same word used to describe someone that when they're walking down a street or they're walking down a path and they realize that they're going the wrong direction, that they turn aside from going down any farther so that they can go down a different path. That's what it says, okay? All right, you know, it's the new year. So in what areas of your life have you decided, because it's the new year, that you're going to turn aside from going down a path that you were going down in 2013? What in your life do you know that God is asking you to change, that you want to change, that you're planning to change? Whatever it is, there's one thing that I can tell you with certainty, and that is this that you'll be far more successful if you have help than if you try it alone. Look, millions and millions of people make New Year's resolutions. Most of them fail before the end of January, okay? So much so that a lot of people, they don't even make New Year's resolutions anymore because they've bombed them so many times. And the reason that, that people fail is because they try to do it on their own. They don't have anyone to help hold them to their commitments. They don't have anyone that's talking them through the rough spots. They don't have anyone that is encouraging them to stay motivated when the newness of their commitment wears off. And that's where small group can be so helpful. I mean, for instance, one time (coughs) when I was in a small group, we had a guy in our small group that said that one of his goals, one of the things he wanted to do was he wanted to quit smoking. And he had tried he said he didn't know how many times, but he just couldn't do it. So in our small group, we prayed for him. And we didn't just pray for him one time, we prayed for him throughout the entire semester. And more than that, every week when he came, we asked him how he was doing with this commitment. And we cheered him when he was successful, and we encouraged him when he faltered. But we talked about it every week. Because he... Knew he couldn't do it alone. And I'm gonna tell you what. By the end of that small group semester, he had successfully quit smoking, a habit he'd been unable to break for more than 15 years. It was awesome. I mean, it was amazing. And the deal was, he was on a certain path. He made a decision to turn aside, but get this, he wasn't so prideful as to not ask for help. You see, that's the key. And it's pride that would tell you to not ask for help. It's humility that would say, I'll take all the help I can get. Pride would say, you know what, just give it a try on your own, you can do it. Humility would say, I've tried on my own. It ain't working. And small group is a place where you can go and ask for help. Look over the years. I mean, I've seen people have their lives just totally changed because of things that God has done in their lives in small group. I've seen people, um, I've seen people get off drugs. I've seen people that get out of debt. I've seen people commit to renewing the romance of their marriage by um, installing date nights as a regular practice. I've seen people totally changed their careers because of what they felt like God was encourage- telling them to do. And that small group encouraged them to, to go ahead and take that step of faith. It was amazing. I've seen people um, revitalize communication within their marriage. I mean, I've seen God do tons of stuff. I've seen God change people's parenting styles. I mean, it's been unbelievable. But all of that happens, all that life change happens in a small group when a person decides to humble themselves enough to ask for help. Ask for help. You know, think about this. The Lord might want you in a small group, not because of something that you need to turn aside from, okay? The Lord might want you to be in a small group because there's someone else that needs to hear what you've been through. Otherwise, they won't get through it. They need to hear how you overcame obstacles. They need to hear how you handled it. They need to hear how you fixed it. They need to hear what the Lord did in your life. They need to hear how you stayed motivated, and you can provide that for them. Because look, remember, it's not all about you. Sometimes being a part of a small group is about the other people in the small group that need to hear from you. Because the Lord wants you to help other people. I mean, that's the beauty of small group. Look, sometimes the Lord uses people in small group to change you, and sometimes the Lord uses you to change other people in small group. And being a part of a small group says, look, I'm going to make some changes in my life for God, and I'm actually serious enough about it so that I want to ask other people for help so I can increase my odds. Being a part of a small group says, I'm also going to go to my small group for other people because someone else might need my help so that they can grow closer to God. Either way, God uses small group to change people's lives. All right, let's wrap it up. Number three. Number three is this. I need to remind myself of the benefits of humility. Humility. I need to remind myself of the benefits of humility. Look at Proverbs 3, chapter, I mean, Proverbs 3, chapter, I mean, verse 7 and verse 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Verse 8. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Now, I cannot provide you with any empirical evidence that says that humility will make you healthier and help fight osteoporosis, okay? Okay. Like, I just, like, I, I can't do that, okay? But think about, think about it like this. If I'm a humble person, and I realize that I'm not the end-all to end-all, and everything is not all about me, built around me, dependent on me, and everything is not up to me, then doesn't it make sense that I have a fairly low stress level? Look, I'm not saying that there's not exceptions. I'm not saying that there's not seasons in life that are more stressful than others. But what I am saying is that on the whole, as a general rule, the more humble you become, the more you realize that it's not all about you. And the more you realize it's not all about you, the less weight you carry in life. You know? I think that old Solomon, in his wisdom... He knew that there were some physical benefits to some spiritual practices. Now, he couldn't articulate what those medical benefits were because they weren't advanced enough to be able to really identify it. But he could still see it as a result. Now, low stress is not the only benefit of humility. There's tons of others. I mean, for instance, when you're striving for humility... You're generally the kind of person that other people want as a friend. Because you know what? It's not all about you all the time. You know, I think about small group. Small group's a great place to make friends. I mean, Amy and I, we have made tons of friends in small group that the truth is we would have just been acquaintances with at best had it not been for small group. Because it's in small group where you laugh together and you share with one another and you lift each other up, and you lift each other's spirits, and you provide help for one another when you're in need, and they do the same thing for you. Because that's what, that's what small groups do. Look, and here's the deal. There, I promise you, there are some times I just don't feel like going to a small group. Oh, scandal. Yeah, oh, okay. Be honest. There's times you don't either, right? But I'll tell you this. Even when I, when I go on those days when I don't feel like it, I tell you what, I always leave small group glad that I went. I'm always glad that I went because God had something there for me that I just didn't expect. Maybe it was through someone else, or maybe I got to share something with someone else that helped them, and, and it just provided nourishment for my soul that I didn't even know that I needed. That's great. And all of that happens when I choose to go to a small group. It'll happen for you too. All right, I want to close with this. In these two verses that we've read today, the words humble and humility don't ever appear. They're not there. But yet, these two verses are built on humility. I mean, you. I think that's the beauty of humility. Because you see, when you see someone that's truly humble, you don't see humility. It's not obvious, but every part of their life is built on it. You see the effects of it, you feel the results of it, but you can't actually see it. Because that's the nature of humility and the nature of humble people. So I want everyone in the room right now, take your connection card. I want you to hold it right next to your message notes. On the card and on the notes, both places, I want you to check the next step or steps that you're willing to take today because of how God has prompted your heart. Look at this first one. From this point forward, I will view myself as on the road to humility, not having arrived. Would you make that a commitment today? Next, sign me up for a small group. And then there's a code right there. Now in your catalog, there's a code, blue code written far to the right of every small group. If there's a small group that you want, that's the code that you need to put in that blank. Now look, here's the deal. I know there's like 80 plus small groups in this catalog just for adults. If you need, you and your spouse, you need a few more minutes to kind of think it over, kind of kick it around, that's fine. Go ahead, fill out your card. And if you need a few moments to talk about it, that's fine. Then you can take your card to one of the small group kiosks out in the foyer. There's two of them. And you can drop it off there, or you can sign up for a small group there. Or if you have a question, you can ask about it there. But if you already know, sign up, do it right now, and then turn this in, at, in the, with the offering bucket. Here's the next one sign my kids and teens up for a small group. And then we need to give you, you, we need your names of your kids as well as the code of the group you're signing up for. Now, look, here's the deal. Hold on, parents. If your kid fifth grade and under, or teenager, was already in a small group last semester, you do not need to write their stuff down. We already have all that. They're already automatically re-enrolled, okay? But if you're newer here, or your kid wasn't involved last semester, now's the time. This is a great time to get them involved, okay? Next, I will share with my small group this semester some things I feel the Lord wants me to change. Would you just step out there and share with your small group, make a commitment to do that? The only thing that would prevent it would be your pride. Next. I will sign up for a small group online this week. Later this week, signups will go live online. They're not there now because, look, here's the deal. You need to understand, this is the only day, the only day that all of the small groups will be available. Because I promise you, after today, 15 or 20 small groups will fill. And once they're filled, they're full. And you cannot sign up for them. So if you can narrow it down this morning, you need to. Because this is the only day that every group will be open. The only day. So sign up today if at all possible. But if you just can't make a decision today, check that box. We'll make sure that we, send, we specifically send you the link to online signups as soon as they go live. Next. I will pray the prayer to become a Christ follower today for the first time in my life. Maybe you've been thinking about this for a little while. Maybe you've been thinking about becoming a Christ follower. Maybe you've been coming here a few weeks and you've heard about Jesus and you're ready to make that decision. If you're ready to become a Christ follower, at the bottom of your message notes, there's a sample prayer on how to become a Christ follower. And that way you'll know for sure you'll go to heaven when you die. If you're going to pray that prayer this morning, then I want you to check that box because I want to mail you some free stuff in the mail. I'm going to give you a chance to pray that prayer in just a second. Next, I'll memorize Proverbs 3, 7, and 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Great verse to memorize. So i want to give you a chance right now to do business with God. So I want you to look at the next steps you've taken. If you're, signed up, you're signing up for a small group, then I want you to ask God to use small group to change you and use you to change people in your small group or whatever else you need to do with God, this will be the time to pray that prayer to become a Christ follower. But right now, I want everybody in the room, bow your head. Everybody bow your head. And I want you to take these next moments and do business with God. Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you for the ways that you use something simple like a small group to change life. Thank you how you've used it to change mine and challenge me over the years, and I ask that you would use this semester to challenge me just as much as you would use this semester to challenge so many other people in this room. And For those that are new to this community or new to this church, God, that you would use small group this semester to help them make some friends so that they would feel like and know that they're not alone, not alone in this life, not alone in the journey, and that you would help all of us grow closer to you as we grow closer to each other. More than anything, God, I ask that you would help us to realize that it's not all about us, and that you would save us from our own pride, and that you would help us each to cultivate humility. all things, because we don't want to wreck it. Lord, we want to embrace you and receive every good thing that you have for us in this life. And so I ask that you would pave the road of our lives with humility as we seek you more and more. And bring us back safely next week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, Find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.